All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Misfit Nation. Last episode, we got to hear from Andrew Jones and spoke about his resilience, his uphill climb to where he is, and of course, where he is going. It was a great discussion, and we look forward to talking again on another episode. Thank you, Andrew, for being on, and keep us posted on your your ventures in the future. This episode, we'll switch gears a little bit. We can go to a coaching series. For this coaching show, I reached out to a young man I served with. We chewed the same dirt in Kandahar, Afghanistan. I heard about his coaching on the intramural teams when I first first got into the unit. I also reached out to another young man who was a Marine Corps veteran that I had the honor of crossing paths with after my time in the military. Both of this made me think of a time back in the early 90s when I went back to my elementary school to coach flag football. My older brother and me went to St. John's and we built a team. We had practiced in the cafeteria slash gym and then across the, scre- across the street at public school 31. The school had the biggest yard associated with it, so there was plenty of room to run plays and get some good conditioning. The principal of the school, Sister Elizabeth Francis, would check on our progress from time to time and make sure things were going well. My first interactions with Sister Elizabeth came in the 1980s as a student. In fifth grade, she was our final fill-in for our homeroom. Immediately, she whipped us into shape. She had a brass ruler, which was used for discipline. So we all learned to walk the straight and narrow with her. She turned our year completely around. For the next two grades, we took some chances not having her in our classroom. Many of us would get out of line and take take the easy way wrong over the hard right. This came to an abrupt halt when we went to eighth grade, and she was our homeroom teacher again. Now we thought we were big bad eighth graders, and it took the, a few brass ruler sightings to slow us down. When we graduated, I knew I would never interact with her again, so I breathed a huge sigh of relief. Little did I know, less than a decade later, I'd be right in front of her again. We eventually took this football team from zero to hero and won the city championship. For our efforts, we were awarded with coaching the girls volleyball team. How hard could that be? Well, some 30 years later, I still can't watch volleyball without twitching. We went in with zero knowledge of the rules of the game. I do not remember if we even won a single game at all. I do remember lots of chatter and giggling and challenges. It was another 10 years or so later before I would coach again. I took the reins of my daughter's soccer team and her basketball team. It was like I never stepped away from coaching. As I walked the sidelines and watched games, I made moves like I never left. It was something I truly loved doing. In my Army, after Army life, I had two positions. One was Fellowship Program Specialist and my current as a training integrator. In my first, I met many global war on terrorism veterans as they went through the minefield that we call transition. In one class, I met a Marine Corps vet who was always upbeat and ready to help anyone. I followed him as he not only did our program, he was also coaching high school football volunteering with Team Red, White, and Blue. He was deploying with Team Rubicon and constantly helping others. His name is Terrence Gann. He is part of this Misfit Nation and my brother. So without further ado, let's get him on. Hey, brother, how you doing? Hey, how's it going? All right, man. You staying busy, I guess. Or just ending, yeah, it's real busy. <laughs> so you guys are gonna do a a fall season as well after this? So you got like zero break? Can you hear me? 
Yeah, I got you. You got me? Yeah. Okay. Let's see if I can go outside. All right. Get the better surgeon in the house. I'm going to go in the corner of my house away from my dogs. <laughs> so you guys, uh, you did spring season. Are you going to do a, a fall season as well? So, yeah, we're going to turn around and do a fall season. Um, <laughs> we get uh, four weeks off and then we're back at it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the conditioning part should be easy. Um, I mean, we still got to get the kids in shape. Because right. um, literally, we were doing like basic conditioning. And then two weeks later, they were like, hey, you're playing. <laughs> Have at it, huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's outstanding. All right, so I don't want to take a lot of your time, so we'll get this thing going. We'll take a little pause here, and I'll welcome you on. And just right? Okay, good to go. All right. Let's welcome into the Misfit Nation, Terrence Gant, Marine Corps veteran, a service-minded individual. I met him as a fellow with Mission Continues. He then went to do service for Team Rubicon. He got to deploy with them in all kinds of disaster situations. And now he's a football coach for Santiago, Santiago High School in Corona, California. How you doing, Terrence? Hey, how's it going? Not too bad. Good, good. <laughs> How's the weather out there? Uh, nice and sunny. <laughs> Sunny's not bad. Oh, yeah. Well, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit of your story from as far back as you want to, through your connection to service, and how you wound up where you are today. Um, well, to, to start it, um, served in the Marine Corps, um, was medically retired in uh, 2010, um, I got out May 2010. Um, my kids, my oldest son was in uh, middle school and he wanted me to coach him, you know, in football. So, you know, I started coaching high school football um, January of 2011. And, um, you know, kind of some things started happening. I didn't know what was going on, but I was drinking a lot, not sleeping, having nightmares. Um and pretty much, you know, I went to the VA and, you know, PTSD and, you know, different things of that nature, uh, nature depression. And um, I got a call from a buddy, um, told me to check out this program called Save a Warrior. And, um, you know, I listened to the guy spill about it. And, you know, and I was kind of like, eh, I don't need no help. I'm good. And, you know, things just kept getting worse. Um you know, end up losing my marriage, you know, my relationship with my kids was destroyed. Um, I was pretty much just, I was, I was, you know, killing myself. Um, and so I, I went, went out to the program. It was out here in Malibu, California for it was like a six day program. And, you know, it really opened my eyes. Um, and one of the big things they talk about in the program is, you know, being in service to others. So literally when I, you know, got out of that program, that's when I found the mission continues, um, ended up getting the fellowship, um, through that, I met people from team Rubicon ended up, you know, working with them for a couple of years. Um, and then, uh, I kind of got the coaching itch again. 
Um, so got back into coaching after, you know, two years off and, uh, I've been, been going, you know, full stream here, uh, for the last three years here in California. Nice. Uh, seems like you like the defense side of the ball, the defensive coordinator and now, uh, linebackers coach now. Is that your, uh, your goal was to stay on defense or I know that in some respect you want to become a head coach at some point. Um, I, I mean, I like the defensive side of the ball. I've been on the offensive side. It's just it, I played defense in high school and college, and <laughs> it, it comes natural, and, you know, I like it. Um, no aspirations to be a head coach, especially at the high school level, zero. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, because a lot of those guys, they don't get to coach. Um, right. You know, you know, they're dealing with parents and administrators and boosters and, you know, um, <laughs> with the kids. <laughs> So, yeah, no, no desires to be a head coach. I'm happy um, where I'm at right now. And, you know, whatever happens after that happens. Okay. I mean, that's the best way to look at it. If you're happy, that's what makes everything go right. Once you're not happy no more, that's no longer fun. And you want to have to find something else. And that's when it gets miserable. So, oh, yeah. yeah. We kind of knocked out a, the next two kind of questions were kind of lined into your service and stuff where the table where we kind of led you into your passion for service. Do you still do any work with Save a Warrior, like to help others, mentor or anything? Um, I still I've, – I've shepherded a couple of times. It's where you go back as kind of like a instructor, mentor. Um, I'm active on their Facebook page. It's just – it's hard to shepherd now because, you know, it's a six-day commitment and it's during the week. Um, right. So if, if I – if you know, last summer I tried to, you know, jump in and, and get one in, but um, unfortunately they didn't have anything because um, of COVID. Um, but hopefully, you know, I can get back in it because now they've got a center of excellence in Ohio. So now they're doing East Coast and West Coast where, okay. you know, when I went through in 2016, it was just West Coast. Um, so right. it's definitely gotten bigger, um, you know, and better. Yeah, so it's definitely growing. It shows it's working if it's growing like that. since It's actually split now in two regions and able to help uh, – more more diverse group of veterans so and not have to pay as much to travel in places. Yeah. So we we know that you said your your oldest son kinda gave you the itch to coach when he was in middle school. Then he took a couple of years off. You got back in high school. Then you, you did a program with a was it the pros that you did a program with? A, a soldier or uh, military education thing? Yeah, so soldiers the sidelines, you know, I got in contact with them. I think it was on Twitter. Somebody was telling me about it. And they're like, oh, you got to do their, um, they do, well, it was virtual because it was supposed to be in person in Georgetown, but because of COVID, it, you know, got shut down. And I um, went through their certification process virtually. And then they had follow-on, um, which was their uh, developmental program, which literally took me like six months to finish it. Um, but it was like more in depth, like transformational coaching, um, not transactional coaching, um, how to engage your players, how to inspire players. It was more of the the relationship building part of coaching versus, you know, X's and O's and, you know, how do you do drills and stuff like that. And it was really interesting. So pretty involved with them now, um, helping get soldiers um, or veterans um, that want to get into coaching, um, you know, help them get on their way uh, to get into the networking part of it. Awesome. 
Yeah, I seen you did that. I was like, that's pretty awesome for them to have there. And then my next question was going to be, do you, have you recommend them to other veterans? And you already answered that. So it's like you're reading my mind here. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's like we have a break from talking to each other in a couple of years. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so since you became a coach, uh, what, do you, what would you say is your biggest accomplishment since you started your career? Um. I mean that first that first group of kids that, that we had when I was at Tempe High School, they they'll always be like the biggest accomplishment because when we took that program over, um, the first year they were, they were zero and ten, um, then we were one and nine, and then we started making strides. We hit six and four, and that group went on their senior year. They went to um, they lost in the semi uh, semifinals of the state playoffs. So to take that group of kids from where we were when we got there right. to where they graduated at, um, I mean, that was pretty, it was pretty amazing. And then just to see those kids graduate, because like the first two years, that was like our biggest goal was like get the graduation rate up. And, um, you know, once we got that up and then the kids started buying in what we were talking about, you know, from a football standpoint, it just started, the pieces started coming together. How bad was the graduation rate before though, you guys got in got in with these uh, young men? Um, it was pretty bad. Um, I want to say the first year out of the 50, uh, we had about 10, 15 seniors, maybe like five graduated. Oh, wow. Um, wow. Yeah, the graduation rate uh, was, was bad. And then, you know, from a football standpoint, we couldn't get kids into colleges because they just didn't, they didn't have the grades. Um, so it was like a, a full overhaul of that entire, like the, the program, the, the morale, um, the, the school spirit. I mean, we, we had to build all of that because it was just that bad. Wow. And is that something you have continued to do in your next two stops or three stops? Um, not having to build so much. Um, you know, like the program I'm in now, um, it's a pretty good program. I mean, it's a school, I mean, football friendly community. Um, I want to say there's four high schools here in the city of about, you know, 200,000, 300,000 people. And each team, except for one school, has like 100, 100 man rosters. Wow. Um, <laughs> so you don't really have to sell football here. It, it sells itself. Um, yeah. You know, so. And I've seen your picture of your, uh, I guess this is your senior pictures, your linebackers. You have a, a crew of five outside linebackers that are graduating right there. And most of them are pretty big boys. There's only two uh, smaller size dudes there. <laughs> yeah. so they a pretty good squad right there. Yeah, they were good. Um Good kids. I had them since they were sophomores. Um, okay. So it's kind of sad to you know to watch them leave because that's the you know the 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 group that I've had the longest. Um, right. And just to watch them grow and mature um, has been a real treat. Um, and then you know uh, number four in that picture, he's he's heading off to uh, Arizona State just to go to school. Nice. Um, number uh, five. Uh, he might either sign with Mayville State or there's another D3 school he may go to, and he's going to play football. Um, and then 99, um, he's, a, he's, a, he's in the, um, what do they call it, Explorers program. 
Um, so he's going to a Cal State school to, you know, become a firefighter. And then uh, Evan, he's just working. Yeah, he's one, he's one of those guys. <laughs> he's one of the hard workers. <laughs> yeah. He figures if he had to go to high school, he had to hit somebody, might as well play football. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's awesome, man. Even getting just be able to – you just to rattle off what they're doing shows that you care about them and you have their best interests at heart. And it's not just, it's not just about the ball. It's about the life. Oh yeah. Um, definitely try to build relationships. Um, one of the big things I did when I first got here, um, that first year I was coaching here is like, I, I invited them all over to the house, um, you know, s- smoked some brisket and, you know, made baked beans and macaroni and cheese. And we just sat and, you know, kind of just to see me, you know, not just as Coach Gant, you know, the guy that's, you know, constantly riding you um, like a slave driver, but I, I'm a human being and, you know, I, I'm a person too. Yes, see the human side of you, not just the robot on the field. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all. That's awesome to let them, let them into that part of your life and, and see that you are really a human and, and share some of your, your family with them. So you can... That's something they can go back and say, now that's how I want to do things when I when I get in that position or if I get in that position. Yeah. Or that's what I'm going to look for in a college coach if I ever get to that level. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It builds all about the relationships. Definitely. So um, and throughout your life, who has been your top three mentors and what was the best advice they provided you? Oof. Oh, that's tough. I, I got narrowed down to three. Um, yeah, I like to make it hard. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm getting up there in age. I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> um, we all are. <laughs> I'd have to say probably um, one was probably the first first sergeant I had when when I got in the Marine Corps. Tyrone Humphrey um, hated the guy when when I, I was under him. But, you know, a lot of the things that he, he instilled and, and taught, um, you know, not just me as a, as a Marine, as a man, but as a black man in the, in the military, um, his words always stuck with me. Um, and, and the biggest thing, the best thing he ever told me, he was like, nobody will take care of you better than you. Um, you know, when you start waiting for other people to make things happen for you, you're going to be sitting there waiting. You, you got to make it happen for yourself. Um, and then obviously my second had to be Jake Clark, the founder of Save a Warrior. Um, you know, without that guy and his program, you know, no no telling where I could be right now. I mean, I I probably wouldn't even be alive. Um, right. And, you know, and, and still here it is five years later and we, we still have conversations, you know, whether it be Facebook, Facebook messenger, text message, um, you know, that guy's still there in my corner, um, you know, and, and that helps to have guys like that in your life, especially another man like that in your life. Um, and then third, oh, if I if I was to go the football route, um, you know, I'd have to go Brian Walker, who was, you know, he was and when I was in high school, I was a freshman. He was a senior and he was my mentor. And then he, you know, when he got the head coaching job, he hired me. And just to see that that guy's humility, um, sacrifice, 
um, and dedication, you know, to something bigger than himself, which was that, that football program and that school and those kids um, kind of set the path of how I wanted to coach. Um, it was never about him. Um, it was always about them. Um, and, you know, he, 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 you know, epitomized that mentality of family, forget about me. It's all about, you know, I love you. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. So if I had to go three, those would be the three. <laughs> good top three right there. A lot of people would never give their first first arm in the military. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, he was always on me, and you know, it was funny when he left. Um, you know, you know, kind of had a sidebar at his little, you know, going away, and he was like, "Hey, you know." the reason, you know, I rode you the way I rode you was because, you know, I was in the Marine Corps infantry, not a lot of African-Americans in the infantry um, to begin with. And he was like, you, you got to stand out. He's like, you know, he's like the things I've seen in the 20 years I've been in is either they're really good or they're really bad. He's like, there's never an in-between. He's like, so you need to be really good. And, you know, that kind of just always stuck with me. I mean, that, that's great advice. If you do your best wherever you are, that's what they remember you for. Once you make a mistake, oh, that's what they remember you for. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. So we talked about Save a Warrior and uh, Michigan Continues, of course, and Team Rubicon. Are there any other organizations that have helped you be on the right glide path you are now? Um, Team Red, White, and Blue played a huge part. Um, actually, they were kind of like the first one I, I really ever got involved with. Um. You know, because coming out of depression and things like that, I was, I'd probably say I was about 280 pounds, you know, and, you know, I've seen this group of people, you know, running by the lake and I'm like, who are these dudes with these red shirts on? And um, kind of got involved with them and they get, they got the ball rolling. And, you know, once you meet one and you come in, involved, you start meeting all the people from the other organizations and, you know, I met the Mission Continue guys and, you know, ran into Team Rubicon and, you know, the Wounded Warrior Project and, you know, Save a Warrior and the Sparta Project. And you just keep meeting all these, you know, different organizations. And you're like, wow. I mean, like at one point I was the um, I was the state administrator for Team Rubicon in Arizona. Uh, I was the Veterans Engagement Director for Team RWB. And then I was on my <laughs> fellowship with the Mission Continues. So, I remember yeah. I remember my busy <laughs> you know, so, I mean, it was like some days it was like, man, I was like, what do I got today? <laughs> you know, how many different things, you know, I'm doing today? Because I was doing, um, I was a mentor at Veterans Court for Phoenix, Mesa, Tempe, Chandler, Scottsdale. Um, I would do that with Team RWB. Um, you know, I'd have to engage, you know, with different, you know, different things, you know, being the, the state administrator for Team Rubicon, I was engaging with, you know, the guys from FEMA, um, engaging with the emergency management teams. So, I mean, it was like every day there was something. And then I was traveling with Team Rubicon where, you know, I'd be gone, yep. you know, two, three times a month for, you know, weeks on end. Yeah, I think the last time I ran into you was in uh, Houston after Hurricane Harvey with Team Rubicon down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was out there. Yeah, they were working on the top floor there with them, doing all the planning. 
I think you guys were still mucking stuff out at that yeah, time. We were we were mucking and I was actually running um because we were collaborating with Samaritan Purse and we were doing um the mode remediation in the homes because you know once you mucked it out you know the next step was you know how do we get these people back in their homes and you know that was the next step right. so i was the project manager for that um you know just coming up with you know different less expensive ways to get it done and you know get it done more efficiently um, and effective with you know spending the least amount of donor dollars so right a lot of those homes you guys worked in have probably flooded more than one time over the last decade, probably two or three times. Yeah. They, just, they can't afford anything else, so they keep going back to that same spot. So you guys were like a godsend to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was good times. <laughs> so if you can give a young, young buck some advice as they decide to take that leap to become a coach, what would you tell them? Here. For guys, young guys to become a coach is, yeah, I'm here. Um, I would say um, just, you know, be, be a sponge. Um, you know, you're going to meet guys that do it the right way. You're going to meet guys that do it the wrong way. Um, take what you like from different people and, you know, make it, make it yours. Um, you know, like we tell, you know, we make fun of each other, you know, as coaches all the time, as none of us invented any of this stuff. You know, we just, we just steal There's what we no like. No sense reinventing the wheel. You know? <laughs> yeah. Ex- exactly. Um, and, you know, just be humble. Um, you know, remember, it's not about you. Um, it's about the kids. It's about the program. It's about building relationships. And, mo- and most importantly, it's about preparing these young men to be men in society and for them to be productive. And, you know, the game of football teaches all that stuff, hard work, work ethic, dedication, commitment, um, you know, loving, you know, loving your teammate, working hard for your teammate, you know, um, don't embarrass the, you know, the name on the front of the Jersey, you know, protect the brand. That's great advice right there. You, you put those colors on, you got to be, be proud of it and make like it's your home and, show that pride when you go, go on the field of, of battle. And when you come off the field of battle, also make the same, uh, the same moves when you go out with your friends, you're still representing that same color until you graduate. All right. So if you had to do any, the, the whole yeah. thing over again, again on through, would you change anything? I, I would say no. Um, you know, like I tell the kids, you know, everything that's happened in my life, good, bad, and ugly, has put me in the spot that I'm in right now. And, you know, if I was to go back and change something, I wouldn't be in this spot. You know, I wouldn't have had those experiences. I wouldn't have had that, you know, internal growth within myself. And you definitely um, wouldn't be standing there with, so those, no, with those young women now. Change anything. So that question would just... All 
right, Terrence. Thanks for a great talk with you. Any last words Correct. you want to par to give to any aspiring coaches before we head up here? Best experiences that I've I've had um, as a man is, is coaching young men. Um, you, you're going to get more from them than you expect. Um, they'll make you a better man, a better parent, um, you know, just a better human being because you you want to be an example. And you know, we we got a a catch for uh you know a hashtag that we use within our program, and it's called the trail. And we tell the guys all the time, walk the trail. And that's trust, respect, availability, um, accountability, investment, and love. And if you exude those things in your coaching, it'll exude awesome. in your life. It's going to bleed over. All right, brother. Let's, uh, and like I said, it's the best experience that you'll have. Again this time. Great having you on here. <laughs> Uh, most definitely, yeah. I was in I was in your area. Um, I'm only forty minutes away. January of twenty twenty, I was down in Nashville for uh, the American Football Coaches Association. I think. All right, just let me know I, you got I'm my number. It's supposed uh, to be I'm this, down this dinner January or coming up, so I'll, I'll probably be back in that area. All right, man. Great talking to you. Uh, take care of the family and get them boys on the, on to victory. Okay. No problem. Have a good one. That was great catching up with Terrence. Now for our second guest. When we return from Kandahar, most of us needed an adrenaline rush to continue. Our next guest started the Italian football team and was looking for volunteers. They asked me to play, so I went out for a game. I was right outside the post stadium and he pumped us up to play. I was the old guy playing but loved football. So I had a blast. I knew just listening to him, he had a passion for coaching and really understood the sport. I then watched him become a sergeant, go after his goal of attaining the coveted sapper tab. He faced some obstacles through the course and in the unit. He learned a lot about himself in those times and has added those life lessons to his new career as a coach and soon-to-be educator. So without further ado, let's get Mr. Tim King on the line. Hey, Sapper, how you doing? Good, how are you? All right, man. How's the weather down there in Hinesville? Man, it is hit or miss. <laughs> the bugs out already? Yes, the sand gnats are everywhere. Well, I bet. I hate them things. Yes, sir. You already off work or or you still have time to work? Uh, no, we're on spring break this week. Oh, that's right. Yeah, got George later. Yeah. I think we think they did theirs about three weeks ago here in Clarksville. So. 
a little backwards here, but it's all right. <laughs> you get the good weather and you got a beach not far from you, so right. You can't complain too much. Did you get the questions I sent you this morning? Yes, sir, I did. All right. All right. So if you're ready, we'll do a little pause and then we'll I'll welcome you on and we'll get this thing going. All right. All right. Sounds good. Let's do it. Awesome. All right, let's welcome Tim King to the show from Hinesville, Georgia. Tim, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? All right, man. It's been a little while. I guess about probably seven years since we actually seen each other face-to-face when I left Fort Campbell. Yes, so sir. Uh, coaching. Coaching. I got into coaching uh, when I started at Fort Campbell. but uh, So now I got a youth basketball organization. We do mentoring um, for all the uh, males. I got a group of seventh graders. Uh, things are going pretty well. So tell us a little bit about your story from before you joined the Army, like where you grew up and what what was your focus coming out of, say, high school and such into the Army and then as you stepped out? All right. Well, uh, let's see. I was born in Washington, Pennsylvania. It's a little town right outside Pittsburgh, probably about 30 minutes uh, west of Pittsburgh. Uh, my father, he was in the Navy. Um, so I knew that I was always going to join the military. I just didn't know when. Um, so we moved to Virginia Beach, Virginia, where he was stationed at uh, Norfolk um, when I was about two. Um, from there, I stayed until uh, I joined the military. Let's see, I uh, fell into the wrong crowd growing up. So I didn't uh, graduate high school either. Um, I spent the entire eighth grade year. Or let, let, let me backtrack. In the sixth grade, I failed the sixth grade. Um, so that's when I really started getting in trouble hanging with the wrong crowd. And then uh, as a youth, we decided to go to uh, Kmart and steal some things. And I spent the entire eighth grade year in uh, juvenile detention. Uh, so then I get to high school, turned around for a little bit, and um, I became academically ineligible. And there's this big article, and I still have that article to this day. Uh, sitting at my mom's house because I was one of the top rated players as a freshman. Um, but then the big headline said, Tim King, Princess Anne High School, ruled academically ineligible for the 2000-2001 football season. And that just, you know, hurt me. Um, so I, I didn't graduate high school. I went through all that stuff and then joined the Army in 2006 um, where I did 10 years and got out in 2016. Okay. So do you think that uh, that article, you, you said you have your mom's house, that would be something I would post on the wall, probably my office as a motivator, especially teaching uh, mentoring seventh graders now. That would be a mentoring thing for them. They look at that and say, look, he had his step back, but he was able to step up. Most definitely. I will definitely get it and frame it up. As long as it's still in some somewhat good condition, I hope. Right, right. That's a long time to keep something, but <laughs> moms have a way of keeping things like they in perfect condition forever, so they can throw it back in your face later. You know it. <laughs> so I knew you as a soldier, as a sapper, and I seen your resilience there. You you went to sapper school a few times, never let it keep you down. Uh, you came back, head still high, angry that you didn't make it, went right back again. Came back, head still high, went back, and you kicked the thing in the tail. Do you think that passion there was what has led you to be a passionate coach? 
Uh, definitely. And then, of course, you know, I, uh, I got too big for my britches and uh, didn't really understand the Army. So, you know, I went from um, E-5 sergeant down back down to specialist E-4 as a tab soldier, which was unheard of at the time. Um, so being resilient, you know, I, I, it just it's always been in my bloodline. So when uh when you chose the army, I guess you had to choose the army because no one else would take a, a non graduate probably at that period of time. But how'd your dad feel about that since he was a navy guy? Oh, uh, he was so upset. But uh, <laughs> you know, he, he wanted me to join the navy and be like him. And I'm like, Dad, if a bomb went off while you're on a ship, like you can't defend yourself. So <laughs> I I'm going to the army. I at least I have a fighting chance and a weapon that I can. You know, get the enemy if they try to get me. But I told him I definitely was not joining the Navy. But he was okay after I joined. Outstanding. So uh, you did you start fifth quarter athletics, or is that something that you were pushed into, that you were led into? Uh, yeah, definitely something I was led into. Um, I would a group of guys here that uh, had been coaching. Um so we just teamed up together. Um, we were actually on opposite ends of the coaching spectrum um, as far as team-wise. And then they seen, you know, I was okay at coaching, so we all joined and we came up with uh, the name Fifth Quarter Athletics. So where did that name come from? Uh, so we voted on it, you know, as, as in fifth quarter. You know, everybody talks about, uh, you know, there's four quarters in football. We started out as football. Um, and then, you know, the fifth quarter, that overdrive. So we wanted to, you know, excel and we wanted kids to excel um, when it came to sports. So that's where we came up with the name, the fifth quarter. Okay. So what's your uh, your uh, target audience there? Is it just a lot of military kids or is it a mix that you get on the teams? Uh, definitely a mixture. You know, we try to um, take in anybody who's willing to come in and get better. Um, but we tell them, you know, this is a higher level of basketball. It's not your rec center basketball. It's not your uh, mid-level. We're trying to get to the top and play top-tier teams. So as long as you have a child that's willing to learn and get better, uh, we definitely will take them and put them in our program. We currently uh, right now have a sixth-grade team, a seventh-grade team, which I'm the head coach of basketball-wise. We have an eighth-grade team, a ninth-grade team, and an 11th-grade team. Nice. That's a good spread right there. Yes, sir. And you do what I, I think last year you were, two years ago, you were coaching baseball too, weren't you? Yes, sir. Yeah. So you guys uh, have a, a whole uh, gamut of sports that you guys actually get into. So that's pretty good. You keep contact with the youth and make sure that they're, uh, I guess, trying to get them to stay on that straight and narrow. Keep them as, as motivated through sport and through your uh, positive example to make them make good decisions. Definitely. So what's your biggest accomplishment so far since starting your coaching career? Uh, I would say being named the Georgia State most improved coach. I took a team. Um, they, these guys are currently in the ninth grade. Um, we were at the bottom of the bottom, and we made it to the state championship game and the uh, recreation, parks and recreation, and uh, I got voted the most improved coach of the uh, state of Georgia. So that was two years ago. Okay. And is that voted by fellow coaches or uh, the administrators of the whole athletic thing? The uh, athletic directors of the rec department and coaches also get a vote as well. That's outstanding. Congratulations on that one. 
Appreciate it. Thank you. And I seen you. You won. Uh, what was that tournament you won this weekend with your with your boys? Yes, sir. We went to um, Columbus, Georgia, and we won the Easter Round Ball Classic tournament. Okay. Seemed like a good. That's a good Easter present for them. That's something to keep them motivated going into the rest of the travel season. Yes, sir. Especially since uh, two weeks ago we didn't win a single game. We went to the Icebreaker, which is a national uh, renowned event that has the top tier athletes. Um, LeBron James had a team in it. Uh, Kevin Durant had a team in it. Uh, Bradley Bill had a team in it. Chris Paul had a team in it. So, and you know, these guys get kids from everywhere. So the best of the best. And uh, we lost the first game by 31 um, to a real good team, Charlotte. They were uh, very, very good. Um, and then we lost the second game by five points in the first game and, and the last game by one point. So they were getting oh, wow. better as as it goes on, and you know we we had never played top tier, um, high profile teams like that, and for them to come back out after that and come and dom- dominate this weekend, oh, what a great accomplishment! So that weekend kind of served to them as like a kind of shock and awe. Definitely. They went in there with, with the unknown and playing against you know those teams are are well funded and well staffed based on the names behind them, and you guys are basically a startup element right now and only a few years in operation with no big name backing you. So you guys just going in there grinding and that you show them that their grind will get them where they have to go. Yeah. And it definitely made them aware because, you know, at first they were all nervous, like, Oh, coach King, you know, all these teams are here. I'm like, man, we don't care about that. We're here to play ball. So now they finally realize that, look, we, we, we can play with elite top teams. We may not have beat anybody, you know, in a couple shots here, a couple shots there, it, it would have been a different ball game. Um, but they definitely now understand that, you know, they can play and they are top tier athletes and you don't have to be on a shoe uh, program to be considered a top athlete. Exactly. You just need, you need the mentality, the mindset to get you through that and not let the smoke and mirrors get you as you get into those big games like that. Definitely. What's the who's who have been your top three mentors through through life basically, and what's the best advice they ever provided you? Um, I would definitely have to say, uh, back at Fort Campbell, definitely. Um, then Staff Sergeant McKeithen, who's now a uh, first sergeant in the United States Army, um, yes. he was probably the biggest mentor, um, because uh, growing up. Uh, you know, I didn't grow up around a lot of uh, white men and he took me into his wing and it was, it was just crazy to see somebody who didn't look like me treat me as if I was, you know, a regular person and he wasn't scared to discipline me. And in the army, I feel like sometimes, you know, leaders don't want to, you know, feel as if, you know, they, they kind of baby soldiers, um, and not want to get up on somebody just because, you know, the color of their skin or anything like that. But Sergeant Keith, oh, man. And and he wasn't a yeller. That that was the biggest surprise to me. He was one of those leaders like yourself, you know, that who just, you know, you would tell us, I'm disappointed in your decisions. You know, you wouldn't scream. You wouldn't, you wouldn't do all that crazy jazz that most leaders do. You would just, you would talk to us. You would treat us like people and God. But his, um, his thing was, Never let someone dictate your mood. And that has stuck with me in in everything that I do. Never let someone dictate your mood. You control 
everything. Good or bad, win or lose, you control everything. Um, I would definitely say good old Staff Sergeant Keithan uh, definitely was a top-tier um, mentor for me. And I got to, when I started this job, I work on post now training soldiers. And uh, one of the first units I got to go out and train was our old unit. And uh, he was out there as first sergeant. And he had not changed at all as a first sergeant as he was as a staff sergeant. I just sat there and just smiled and, and laughed every time he would talk to them soldiers. And you see, just like you said, talk to them just like a dad saying, I'm disappointed in you. Yes. And you can see their heads drop and they just go too bad full back into the breach. Yeah, that was it. Was great to watch that uh, evolution of him from staff sergeant to what he is now. Right. Is there anyone else that uh, was able to push you in the right direction? Uh, I would definitely say then uh, first sergeant Davis as well. Um, now he's definitely a sergeant major. Um, I knew some um, first or sergeant major Davis from my time back home because we're from the same area. Um, okay. So he he graduated from Green Run. I graduated from Prince Anne, of course, you know, years apart. Um, but I know a little bit about him. And he was the uh, he was just a master sergeant when he came to the company. Um, and I had just lost my stripes. And he, you know, he didn't know me from from Sam. So he didn't even know who I was. You know, he just got on that rotation with you guys. Um, so he came in, he was talking to me. He was like, young sapper let's tighten up, you know, and he just would talk to me every single day and, and he didn't even know me. And I had just got my stripes taken. So, you know, I was down in the dirt and I just was just like, man, forget this. I don't care. And he was like, look, he, I didn't know he was getting ready to take over HHC. Um, so then I, of course I went from Alpha company to uh, HHC and he said, look, man, you, you do what you're supposed to do. I promise you in six months, you'll get your stripes back. And I was like, man, that's bull crap. You're so full of it. There's no way you can promise me that. How do you even know? You wasn't even on the red carpet. Sure enough, month six came. He put he put me in. I went to the board. Month seven, I had them stripes back on. So <laughs> that definitely struck, you know, and, and I didn't know, you know, he was, you know, getting ready to be the HHC first sergeant. And, you know, every day he pulled me in his office and he and he would talk to me. And he would get on my butt, you know, about being, you know, you're still a leader. Just because you got your stripes taken, that doesn't take away your leadership ability. You know, stop acting like a like a private. Like that's not you. So, you know, he would always check on me. You know, he would call. He would he would just you know he would just treat me like that father figure. You know, and let him know, um, let me know that you know somebody cares. People still care about you. Doesn't matter what happened to you. People still care about you. That's right. That's right. You got to give him that positivity and show that. You may you may step on your stuff once in a while, but you're still human. Right. You still got to get up every day, put your pants on, and and try forward. And you had all those traits, and like you said, you just hit that patch. You hit that little patch. You got a bit too big for your britches, I believe you said earlier. Yes, sir. And, but now you fit those britches, and you understood what you're wrong from right, and what happened at that time. And in the moment, I'm sure you did not know, you didn't understand what went on, or or what you did was wrong. But as you have now aged, as we all have, you can understand. Looking back, you can see what happened and righted that ship, and you're doing great things now. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. So you're, you're still in school, uh, going for your degree while teaching, right? Yes, sir. What are you studying? Uh, early childhood care and education. I got uh, three weeks, and I will obtain a bachelor's degree in early childhood education which is crazy because i did not graduate high school 
And like I said, I dropped out in the 10th grade. So to be able to go into to the teaching field and become an educator is is definitely a huge accomplishment in itself. That's that's what I like to call a whole one eighty. Yes, sir. <laughs> I mean you left you left the education system in tenth grade with a bad taste in your mouth from it. And now you're gonna go back into it with eyes wide open to help the next generation. Yes, sir. And that's a great accomplishment and uh, I know everyone that that knows you on the Misfit Nation is proud of you. Appreciate it. Are there any organizations that have helped you to be on the right glide path you are now? Um, I would say just um, there's a program down here called Bridging the Gap, and they do more of the mentoring side of things. Um, and I always thought that was cool to see that. Um, so I would say that just being around those guys and seeing how they react um, and interact made me uh definitely get into coaching as well or get into the mentoring side of things um but i definitely think just joining the army and being in the army you know being at fort campbell where you know leaders treated leaders with respect and also leaders got on to other soldiers i thought that was a great thing about us at fort campbell was even though you know this person was in hhc and this person was in charlie company you know charlie company first arm she would get on us. First time Taylor would get on everybody. She didn't care who you were. If your boots were jacked up, she was on your back. And I and I just, you know, I take that nowadays. People get upset at me. Like, why why you why are you talking to that kid like that? Like, look, that kid is messed up. He messed up. He needs to know. Like his coach, you know, he hears it from his coach. But when he hears it from somebody else from the outside, then they start to realize. Right. It's I mean it's the same as like in your house. If you discipline your kid, they might look at you, roll their eyes. But if someone outside of that household tells them something, all of a sudden it's, it's gospel, and they're gonna they're gonna do it right that time. All right. So you're breaking down that wall, and that, and you're right. She she was pretty quick to to pounce on people. She pounced on a few a few of my youngsters, and I was grateful for it. Especially when they'd go out there smoking and leave their butts out there, and she she round them up. Yeah, she, she had no qualms with helping out. So if you can give someone advice as they decide to take the leap to become a coach or a teacher even, what would you tell them? I would tell them do not listen to the spectators on the outside or even the inside. A lot of people told me, you know, oh, man, you're not going to like teaching. Teaching pay isn't jack. Um, the kids are just bad. You know, they listen, they're, it's just awful. And uh, I currently work at a alternative school. I currently teach um, at an alternative school. Um, and I wouldn't say that those kids were bad. I would just say that they just need guidance. And a lot of their issues is they can't read. So they're okay. acting out when you tell them to do something because they they literally can't do it. And I felt I felt oh. so bad because, you know, I got in there and uh, there's a lot of females teachers, you know, and then they see that male. They're like, oh, snap. You know, and I asked the class to read and they all just start flipping desk over. And I'm like, what in the world did I do? Come to find out <laughs> they couldn't read. So they use that as a way to deter doing work. And, and, and most children, 
you, get, you just got to find the root to the problem. So I would say that anybody who wants to get into teaching or coaching, go into it. There's nothing wrong with it. I mean, if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. At least you tried. But, you know, I had to go in. I had I had the military mindset. You know, I didn't graduate school, so I've been there. You know, I went to alternative school in, in middle school. I, you know, didn't graduate school. So I know what it's like to to walk that, to get off that path and then to get back in. So I just feel like it's my, my calling to, to get these youth to understand that, you know, you don't, you don't gotta, I mean, sports is a good way out, but you don't have to play sports to get out of, out of your environment. You know what I mean? You can be a doctor, you can be a foreman, you can be a trash man. There's nothing wrong with that type of stuff. So I just think giving those kids that actual um, life experience and teaching them about life is, is what I'm all for. That's outstanding, and I mean that's great advice to those uh, thinking about making that turn. You know, they have that. I think uh, uh, army to teacher program or troops to teacher program. People can do that right out of the right out the jump and got to go right to the inner city and teach. And that that scares a lot of people just from being in the military and having to go to say into inner city Detroit or inner city Chicago to teach. But I think if they listen to your words and say, "I can do it." I just have to be that guiding light for those young those youngsters in that classroom, and maybe my voice will be the one that gets them out of that inner city right. later. And, and definitely find out the find the root of the problem. A lot of times, you know, teachers try to just kick kids out of class or send them out of class because they're a problem. And you know, I found out, you know, one of the uh, kids here, um, their parents, you know, their their mom's boyfriend was just nasty to them all the time, all day, every day. Oh, man. And, you know, he just he was always down on himself. I'm like, man, what what's wrong? You know, and then he was telling me his issues and stuff like that. And so it's just these kids, just they need an outlet. And and people are so quick to label them that we really aren't getting to the root of the problem. Right. And sometimes it takes sitting down, having a coke with them and just listening. Just, just listen, listen to, to them. them. Tell you. Kids will tell you everything. everything. I mean, you <laughs> If you just listen to them, some kids tell you way too much. I have to walk away from them, but that's the god. They will tell you truth. Them. They tell me, I mean, from things happening in their house to, you know, my mama smokes weed. I'm like, whoa, buddy, hey, I do not want to know about that. Like, <laughs> they will tell it all in a heartbeat. Pump the brakes, son. Pump the brakes. <laughs> oh, all right, Tim. It's uh, been great catching up with you. Uh, don't be a stranger. You know, you have my email, you have my number. You can reach out to me anytime you want to chat or if you want to come back on and tell us about your success on the next tournaments or this next season, that'd be great to have you on here. Is there any uh, links that people can go to, to see your progress or how to get in touch with you about getting in, involved with fifth quarter? Definitely. Athletics? So if you uh, follow us on Facebook at fifth quarter athletics, LLC, you'll be able to see the progress. And uh, I appreciate you, Rich, man. It's been too long. I'll definitely keep in touch. And uh, Misfit Nation, proud of y'all, and I will see y'all soon. All right, brother. Have a good one. Peace. All right, bye. Woo! That was a real good talk with both Tim and Terrence. They are both motivators and will continue to lead those young men to bigger and better things. I look forward to watching their careers evolve as they move forward, either at the next level or if they maintain at the same level of mentoring youth or mentoring young men in the high school arena. Great talking to both of you. So you know how we do this. 
Thanks for taking some of your time to spend with us on The Misfit Nation. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and the share link as much as possible. We appreciate you. As always, till next time, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling, because we are The Misfit Nation.